Welcome to the Big Fucking Feelings Podcast, a show on how to use psychology to process your emotions, train your brain, and deal with being a human. And now, me, your host, psychology major, corporate badass, and certified life coach, Michelle Kevill. Hello, everyone. I hope you are well, and if not, at least you are here. So, I just finished life coach school certification. It has been a ride. It has been three months. I just did my exam this morning. I passed. We will be getting our final certification letters in the next two weeks. And gosh, I have just, I've loved it. I've loved every moment of it. And I'm so excited to continue this journey. So for this episode, I've actually been getting into some really deep coaching work around my future self and who I want to be moving forward with my business and my goals. And I realized that I had a thought that I believed I needed to be someone completely different to who I am now. And it's so interesting. I got coached on this and I was just assuming like I need to wear black in my coaching calls and a suit and stuff. And if you get coached by me, you know, I typically wear the same cardigan or I'm wearing a really nice floral summer top. Um, I've got a little thing in the background here that says, Michelle, you are loved and worthy that my partner made for me one day. And I realized I don't need to change anything about me. I get to be authentically me and who I am in my business. And I think that resonates with people. And from that place, I was also looking at my past and how I want to view my past, but also looking at the journey of where I've come from. And I realized in this work, I wanted to do a podcast episode on my journey and who I am and how I got to this work and why it really did change my life. And I know I may sound like a fanatic, but really this episode is to iterate that it really doesn't matter what has happened in your life, where you have come from, who you think you are, or other people's thoughts, you can still do amazing things. So who am I? My name is Michelle Kevill. And as a child, I remember having a very dominant, bubbly and strong personality. I was also always told that I was a little bit of a Mr. Bean in class. I was very organized and structured and I didn't like too much change going on. I also come from a very big and loving and intense Maltese family. So part of that Mediterranean culture I've always had and really identify with. I did really, really well at school. I was the teacher's pet and all the teachers loved me. I think I only ever got on detention once in my life. (laughs) It was a group detention. At that time when I was in primary school and and going into high school, I actually didn't think I was very smart. And I was always comparing my results to my friends who were always doing just that little bit better than me from a mark perspective. And I always thought I was dumb and not very smart enough. I didn't realize this at the time, but I really, really hated change. I remember when our classes went from, we used to have 50 minute well, to an hour classes and then they were going to go to two hour classes. And they also introduced laptops to our, at our final year of high school. 
I just remember like bursting into tears in the classroom (laughs) and the homeroom teacher being like, this isn't that bad, Michelle. (laughs) At the time, I didn't know how I was going to cope with that change. So I think my hate for change wasn't really as highlighted back then because I was at school and you're in a relatively controlled environment. However, it was when my uncle had passed away when I was around 16 or 17 that spurred on the investigation that maybe I needed to go see a doctor and a psychologist just to investigate this a little bit further. Um, And I was told that by a doctor that, yes, you have like what looks like depression and anxiety. Here's some medication. This is going to fix it. And if you're interested in therapy, like let's get you onto a psychologist. I found therapy over the years really, really helpful. And throughout some of the changes that I've gone through in my life, what I guess I was sick of being told was that I wouldn't be able to do normal things. I use normal in air quote, like hold down a job. Um, I remember my doctor telling me that I wouldn't be able to travel overseas because of my anxiety. Um, and I had another doctor tell me that I will feel fulfilled once I have children. (laughs) And if you know me, you know that I'm a massive feminist. And as I said, in the start of this episode, I'm very stubborn and I love to prove people wrong. Um, and that is exactly what I aim to do. So once I finished university, I was really interested in psychology, not just because of what I'd been through, but I was always interested in how the human brain works. Like I still think it is insane that like we have brains and then bodies and then neural pathways and then we have thoughts and then we do all these like things that I always found quite fascinating. So when I went to uni, I decided to study psychology And interestingly enough, uni, I would feel, gave me the freedom to come because I was quite organized already. Some of those issues I was having or having around changes weren't really affecting me like before. I felt like there wasn't as much pressure. I could kind of control what I wanted to work on. And I didn't feel as though I had like this almost like that that teacher overhang you, like where are things due, etc. I was able to organize and manage it for myself. And it was really early on in our psych degree that I still remember quite clearly a lecturer at the front asking how many people here want to be a full-time practicing psychologist and nearly everyone in the room put up their hands. And then she said, only 10 of you are going to make it because the standards are too high and there aren't enough jobs in the industry for you for that reason. That scared the shit out of me. I had gone in really hoping I'd be able to learn this, um, become a psychologist, really wanted to help people at my core, but I also wanted to have a backup plan as well. So I did shift my dream a little bit and I thought, well, there's also organizational psychology. I could do something in that area. Um, I could definitely help people from an organizational side. And I was genuinely interested as well. Um, I just also think like work, corporate work culture as well, how that develops. It's like a mini culture within a bigger culture I thought was quite interesting. So whilst I was studying, I ended up doing a double degree in psychology and human resources. 
And I was working part-time at an entry-level corporate job to start getting my foot in the door as well. Towards the end of my degree, um, so as part of psychology, you also have to do honours and then from there you can be basically like a provisional psychologist. There's a whole heap of rules around it. But I had missed out by a couple of marks to get into the honours degree at the university of my choice. And if I wanted to continue this, I was going to have to move interstate, which is a lot what a lot of my friends were doing at that time. And by that point, I was just done. I was like, it cannot be this hard for me to want to help people. Like, at that time, I really, I was, so I've also, I also met my partner as well during that period. Um, we've been together for nine years and I really wanted to move in together. I, I wanted to start that new chapter and that new journey. So at that time, I was working part-time at a corporation and when they found out, because I was thinking of going into HR, place I was working in was um, around analytics. They were like, oh my God, no, stay with us. Stay here. You like doing this stuff, which I did in my corporate role. Even when I was um, going like working up in the entry level positions, I even in the HR areas, I was always kind of my attention was drawn to the numbers side of things. So I finished uni, I've got a great corporate full-time job, both me and my partner have one, we're moving in together, life, you know, we're going to plan on moving in together, life is really, really good. And what felt like absolute fucking nowhere, my anxiety and depression had just flipped a switch, it went full 360, I was like, what is happening here? I felt like Everything was completely out of my control. I didn't feel safe. And looking back, my limbic system was in absolute overdrive. Overdrive. And it was due to that massive shift and that change. I had thoughts that I basically had to know the whole company inside and out within like a week. Like I should just know all these skills and tools and just know them completely well. And my brain and the thoughts I was having, my brain was interpreting that as a threat. So this has just flared all this up. And I remember, you know, I was, I was on the kitchen floor crying because I could not run some simple code that I just like literally just learned how to do. And I remember actually my my lovely younger sister, actually, um, she got me to do a little bit of like CBT. She was like, I want you to write down all the things you're good at. And I just wrote down all the negative thoughts, which was like, I'm terrible. I suck. This is hard. And she was just like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> like you're very negative right now. Like she was probably my first coach, if anything. She's like, no, 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 no. Let's challenge this thought that you've just written down here. My negative thinking Basically, I talked about this before. I was having like a massive pity party and it was so bad that it was really impacting my mental and physical health. uh, health. So I had lost a dramatic amount of weight. I was not eating. I could not eat breakfast. I barely ate during the day. I had diarrhea a lot. And at the time I was like, yep, the doctors were right. They said that I wouldn't be able to do this and now I can't do this. Like my mental illness is really just taking complete control of me. 
So I ended up getting the help that I needed. I got the professional and medical assistance required. I was seeing a psychologist and I was also seeing a psychiatrist at the time. And I talk about this in my previous episode. I was told that I had adjustment disorder, which is where you have trouble adjusting to things like big changes. And my biggest problem with this was that the change, I talk about it in more detail, but look, the change could be something like a death versus something really minor. So I was like, well, like, isn't this just based on interpretation then? Like, and that was back then. Now it's like, yes, because it's based off what you think is scary. And I remember being told, look, we just got to get you to a point where you think everything is okay and safe. And I'm like, but it doesn't feel safe. And what I meant by that was I still don't, I believed the thoughts that I had so deeply around my self-worth and my expectations of myself and what I should be like at work. And eventually I did end up adjusting. I did have some ups and downs and periods where I, you know, I had bad days, etc. And this is where I think my workaholism really started to fester. Which sounds contrary because it's like, well, if work was making you that ill, wouldn't you want to avoid it? But I talk about this again as well in my other episodes. It can also be a coping mechanism. And I was getting a lot of praise. And this is something I had been taught around having a strong work ethic and always working. I didn't realize at the time that I was working like this to avoid any other thoughts and feelings that I was having. So I would work really early in the morning, late into the night. And then it's like, you know, I just go to sleep and then I you know, wake up, I go exercise and then just repeat it. You don't have any time to think or feel. So if any of that stuff's popping up, there's no time for it because my brain is distracted. And this started to take a detriment to my relationship with my partner. My partner was a little bit worried if we're going to have a family one day, was I going to be able to be a part of their lives? And to me, it just made no sense. I was just like, well, I have to do this. I have to be working, which were all just thoughts. So like surface level thoughts with underneath deep rooted thoughts that really had to do with not wanting to process emotion, people pleasing, a little bit of imposter syndrome there and perfectionism. And you're creating a recipe for disaster. <laughs> Like I can look back and laugh on it now because now I, I have the knowledge and awareness of what was actually happening. Um, but look, I kept, you know, going through my corporate life, um, you know, living with my partner. Outside that, I would say life was still pretty good. I had those ups and downs, but I was able to handle it. Then COVID hit. And I talked about this before. COVID was just one big experiment as in not like a conspiracy theory I mean like the whole COVID was like adjustment disorder on steroids the whole world was going through an adjustment on top of that I'm moving house I'm starting a new job my grandfather has just been diagnosed with inoperable bowel cancer and back then if there was too much change my brain saw it as a threat And I had a lot of thoughts around fear and I didn't want to sit with any of the emotions that I was having 
those negative emotions around the change. So what did I do? I did what I always did. I worked. I worked and worked and I did really well in my job, but I also got very, very, very sick, physically ill, and that the same thing had happened again. I also wasn't vulnerable. I really, it wasn't really until the end that I was telling my um, corporate job that, you know, my grandfather is quite ill and I need to spend more time with family. And of course they were amazing and they were super understanding. And in between that, I was also overstretching myself to try support my extended family and my grandfather whilst I was neglecting myself. And basically I was like a, a ship at sea and it's just like, it's like what, like a cracked boat. <laughs> and it's just one more thing. is just going to break that boat. And I remember in my corporate role, something had happened that was outside of my control with a project um, and it didn't go very well. And I just collapsed in the bathroom, burst into tears, was bawling. And I just remember saying to myself, I'm done. I don't want to continue being on this planet anymore. These emotions that I am feeling are so fucking big. Hence the name of the podcast. And I had felt this way before, this sense of I just didn't want to be here when my emotions were really intense. But this time it was like I really wanted to hand in my ticket. I was like, if this is just going to keep happening, then I'm done. I'm done with this. I want out. And for a split second, it just kind of was my brain was like, okay, hang on a minute. This is some really deep stuff. You need to have an open conversation about this with your partner, which I actually hadn't before about this type of stuff. He was aware of like, you know, my anxiety and what I've been going through, but not the fact that I at points in my life didn't really want to be here. And it was from there that I realized I really didn't want to be vulnerable. I didn't want to be taken care of. And I had to do like later on, I did my own thought work around that. Um, But at that time, I had an open conversation on everything that was happening. And I remember him just, he just looked at me and he was just like, like, babe, you are doing this to yourself. You need to process. You need to process the pain with your grandfather You need to take care of yourself because you're not doing that and you're just hiding yourself and what you're feeling away from me and everyone else and just suffering in silence. I made a recent post about this, but at this time, the same thing happened. I lost a stack of weight, but me and my partner had just bought our new first home together. I'd started a new job. He had been promoted. Like all these good things were happening, but I was just suffering on the inside. And, and on top of that, I always say this, humans love to do this. We love to add a cherry on top of our negative thoughts. What's that cherry? It's judgment. I was judging myself because I was thinking this way, which looking back was just like, no, (laughs) like you have thoughts. It's okay. You're human. But I thought, I have such a good life. Why am I feeling this way? I shouldn't be thinking these things. And that just makes you even more depressed. I ended up getting the help that I needed. So just to clarify, I did in that point talking with my partner. 
I went back to seeing my psychologist and my psychiatrist and getting on track, but I still felt like something was missing and out of pure desperation, I just started looking up like perfectionism and some self-help stuff on Spotify podcast. And I happened to come across this podcast called Unfuck Your Brain by Cara Lowenthal. And I remember listening to her first episode on perfectionism and just sitting on the couch being like, what the fuck? This woman's story is like a carbon copy of me and what I'm going through. So I basically binge listened to everything and there was a a community as well as part of that. And I like signed up straight away and I was just... I just started learning everything that I have also talked about on the podcast, which is the model, um, which is through the Life Coach School by Brooke Castillo, and just learning all this stuff. And finally, it's like the penny dropped. I started to understand what my psychologist and psychiatrist had been telling me. And I remember specifically as well, I went to a session with my psychologist, I was just telling her all this stuff I learned and she looked at me so shocked. Like she was like, who are you? Who is this new person? She's, it was almost like everything she had been telling me had finally sunk in. And for me, it was through life coaching, which I thought was complete bullshit. I didn't believe in it at all, but I just kind of linked all the dots and it all made sense. Like, your, when I was thinking these negative thoughts, I would feel a certain way. When I felt a certain way, I would take certain actions which would create a result. You do definitely with my psych background, you learn some of those aspects, but I don't know how to explain it. It's just like everything wasn't clicking until I found the coaching. But I would also say something that I was also missing on a little bit was I thought, great. I can think, I can see how my negative thoughts are impacting me. I can create new thoughts, feel a certain way and life will be dandy. And it was so interesting because it took me such a long time to figure out that you can't bypass negative emotions. You have to also, as part of this work, sit and process emotions as well. And that is one of the reasons as well, hence the name of the podcast and my focus on processing big emotions. That was one of the kickers for me. Being able to sit with uncomfortability, being able to be comfortable with discomfort and, you know, some negative thoughts and negative feelings and actually process those was at first really, really challenging. And that's where the episode around emotions and the house fire comes out. Because I, when you sit and process the emotions, they're never as bad as what you actually think it is. I had just been running far away and buffering a lot with my emotions. So I was starting, I would say, from real basics. I didn't really didn't like it at first, but I noticed over time and in different areas that are a little bit more challenging, I started to be able to process them, sit with them, move through them just that little bit easier. And I worked as well on top of that really hard to challenge and actually finally unveil 
the core negative thoughts that I had about myself. It was like I pulled back the blinds dramatically and shone a light on all the root thoughts, which were really related all to my self-worth. And I, that's something I worked really hard on being able to say to myself, which I can so confidently say now that I am worthy and valuable purely for existing. It is not tied to anything else that I do. And it was from this place as well that I started to take, I talk about it, I have a post, it's called Baby Steps to Balance. Baby steps are great. Seriously, anything that gets you to your goal, even just little steps, it's a start. So I worked really hard on looking at why I was thinking a certain way at work and what did I actually want to do? Was it saying no to that project instead of people pleasing and actually taking care of my time, seeing it as a valuable resource and actually appreciating it instead of inundating myself with work that I couldn't do and just forcing myself to overwork, which funny enough, ended up allowing me to do more work. When I took on less work and I actually created boundaries and respected my time, I was able to get a lot more done faster. I had that thinking time. I wasn't completely burnt out. I was able to provide much more value um, in my role into the company and I ended up getting promoted. And it's so weird sometimes I think about it. It's like, Again, it's, it's working smarter is what I literally did, but I didn't want to work smarter because my belief was, no, it's just output, just get it out. And I talk about that in some of my workaholism episodes. And it was also from this place of also focusing on my self-compassion and care that I realized I had a thyroid condition. <laughs> I had an underlying um, condition called Hashimoto's disease where my immune system thinks it's super cool to attack my thyroid and therefore doesn't produce enough of the hormone. So I ended up going through a whole thing around it, but I ended up finding a doctor who listened to me and getting the medication and treatment that I needed. And it was so interesting as well when we did a blood test, um, and I talk about this as a, in a little bit of the episode around like hormones and mind management, but she, I remember her getting a blood test and she just said to me, how have you been functioning? She's like, you're so depleted on like everything. Um, so that was another area for me to realize that I really needed this self-care and focus on not only my mental, but my physical health as well. And I guess bringing the story full circle, it was after going through all this I remember I wanted to take my coaching work a little bit deeper. I had real challenges on money. I really, really had a challenge with that. and was finding the self-coaching that I was doing um, in the community was just, I just needed a little bit of extra help. So I ended up finding my own one-on-one coach and going through and working with her. And it was very quickly through a couple of sessions that I realized one of the main reasons my, I guess you could say my money thoughts or money fears had kind of popped up was because I really wanted to do the life coach school certification training and I really wanted to become a life coach. I just found this work so helpful in my own life and I wanted to be able to do this with others. 
so with absolutely, you know, no experience, no necessarily a plan, I decided to start my own coaching business and it has been growing for the past four or five months. I almost have 2,000 downloads on my podcast and clients, which like when I had like four months ago, when I had the thought on a holiday, I'm like, could I be a life coach to go look at that to where I am now is just so fucking amazing. And as part of the future work stuff I was telling you about, had to write a letter to myself from my future self. And it was really interesting because one of the things that popped up is, and I, at the time I didn't realize what it meant. Um, in the letter that my a future me wrote to me, it said, we start to get in touch with what we're doing. Like we start to get more in touch with ourselves, which when I read it back, I actually had no idea what that meant. I was like, what the hell is this? Then I saw an old photo on Facebook memories that popped up of I just graduated high school and it, you know, we were on like a jumping castle. Like everyone's like, yeah, we're finishing high school. And I have this amazing energy in this photo. And it's just this photo of me being ready to jump out into the world, take it by the horns and just go out there and make a person's day a little bit better. And that's what I realized, what I meant by that. At my absolute fucking core, ever since I can remember, all I've wanted to do is just make that person's day a little bit better. Nothing makes me more happy than when a person is able to see themselves the way that I see them. Because I have so much belief and faith in that person's abilities and who they are. And it always used to frustrate me when they could not see or have the same thoughts and beliefs that I had about them because I could see their capability and I really wanted them to believe it so that they could go out and achieve the, and do the amazing things that they wanted to do. And if you stayed with me long enough, because I know this is a very long podcast episode here, I want to say to you right now, if you have a mental illness, if you have a biological condition, if you have thoughts about money or circumstances, please know that that does not define you as a human being and you are perfect just the way you are. You are allowed to still be figuring your shit out and figuring out your life. Do not let other people's thoughts and feelings or whatever Dictate what you actually want to do and what I almost did for like 30 years of my life. And I'm so lucky to be figuring out now that all this shit was just thoughts. I get to do something that is so special and so honorable, which is to help clean up people's minds and teach them how to do that themselves so they can go out and do basically what I'm doing. And it might not be coaching. It might be building their own business. It might just be getting that promotion. It might just be having a more balanced life. As bloody cliche as it sounds, the wisdom actually is inside yourself. You know what you want to do and you can get there. And I guess I also want to end on this note as well, 
that's another reason. A, I'm sharing my story to show you just where I've been through, how coaching has served me. And hopefully, you know, maybe this resonates with you, but also to show that I get to choose how I want to think about my past. And the way I actually view my past now is I just didn't know at the time how to handle my emotions. Like I I didn't know. Uh, Using a metaphor, because come on, I got to end the episode with a metaphor, right? If we use a metaphor in this situation, it's like I'd been trying to build a fire with just sticks and then all of a sudden someone comes in and is like, you know, you can light a match, right? And I'm like, what? That's all it was when I look at my past and what I've been through. Now I have the tools that work for me. I have the tools to manage my mind, to process my emotions and to go throughout life, still be, you know, figuring things out, work with that, push myself and just live my life, but more balanced. And what does balance look like? It's not losing my shit all the time. It's not freaking out about changes. And when I am having negative thoughts and feelings, I'm just allowing them. When I resist them, that's where the the switch would flip and I just lose it. Now it's like, it's not these highs and lows all the time. It's just like a good medium level with some highs and lows. But now I know I have my own back. So if this resonates with you and if this is something that you are actually going through right now, I just want to say that there is help. There is help and a community of people out there to help you reach out. It is what I had to learn how to do. And it is through being vulnerable that you can also actually help others, which is what I'm doing now. All right, everyone, that is it for today. But take care. See ya. Hey. And you're feeling super overwhelmed on the weekend. You just cannot stop thinking about work and you really wish there was an off button. Well, you should sign up for my five day challenge, how to disconnect from work and enjoy your weekend again in a way that actually works for you, not against you. Doom scrolling on social media or binging Netflix. That's a thing of the past. I'm going to teach you a secret that I only share with my one-on-one clients that I'll be sharing for free In this challenge, over the next five days, we're going to go through why you keep worrying, how to handle the top three most common weekend worries, and a step-by-step guide on how to get you out of anxiety and back into calm so you can truly enjoy your time off. Link is in the show notes below to sign up. We start on Wednesday, the 22nd of November. I'll see you there.